Good morning. It's Thursday, July 1st. You're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. Today, I'm going to be joined by Wake Forest head coach Dave Clawson. Fun episode. It's always cool when you get to talk to a college football coach, especially one like Dave. Think about what he's done. He took over one of the worst programs in college football. He's got them at 40 and 45 through seven years. That's better than you think. They've made improvement the last several years. Five straight bowl games. Five straight. That's remarkable for a program that has the worst all-time winning percentage of any Power 5 school. I implore you to not sleep on Wake Forest this year. I'm not saying they're winning nine games, but they've got a great offense. Quarterback Sam Hartman, receivers Jakari Robertson, and Donovan Green. They're going to put up points. They're returning a lot of players because of the NCAA's super senior rule. They hope that solves some longtime depth issues. They, they think they're going to be better on defense. Their schedule is brutal at the end of the season. North Carolina and Clemson all in the month of November. Boston College too. So hopefully that depth comes to roost. It's an interesting episode. We, we talk about last year and was it miserable? Was it fun? Now you made a bowl game, Dave Clausen, but did you really enjoy yourself? We talk about recruiting. Wake Forest is certainly never going to rise up. The recruiting rankings at 24-7 Sports anywhere else because of program history and academic standards and and all that stuff. But this is a coaching staff that relishes doing more with less quotes around less. They they like to turn two stars into NFL players and they like to find value three stars in an industry that tends to overlook those guys. So enjoy my conversation with Dave Clausen. We'll see you on the other side. Okay. Wake Forest coach Dave Clausen joins us right now. You had a really good season last year, another bowl game. I would be interested to know though, Dave, like was it an enjoyable one given all of the COVID stuff and the opt-outs and the transfer portal? You know, when you were finished, were you like, that was a good time or I'm really glad that's over? I don't know if there's too many coaches last year that thought they had a good time. I'm glad we did it. I think it was the best thing for our student athletes. We had them here. They went to, they were going to class, whether it was online or in person. Uh, they were getting tested three times a week. They had access to great medical care. And we were able to get a season in. And I think for their mental health, as much as anything, it was good that we did it. But the process of doing it, at times it was joyless to never know who you're going to have the three tests a week. Every time you had your team tested, you were holding your breath. And then if you had a positive, okay, how many guys were you losing because of contact tracing? I'm glad we did it. It was a very challenging year. I think if we're honest with each other, we were all, we were all a little glad when we got to the finish line. But if we had to do it again, we would do it again. So it was, uh, again, I think in the best interest of our student athletes that we had them here and we were playing. Joyless is a good word for it. I remember watching the first game you played against Clemson, empty stadium and, you know, all this anxiety all week for every game, for every team. Like, will they play? Fridays are usually the most, one of the most fun days of the college football week because like the haze in the barn and, you know, you, you may be traveling. And, and then last year on Fridays, it was you know, when my team's game happened. Yeah. We had, we had another game canceled on us as we were going through our last walkthrough on a Friday. And the things you enjoy about Friday is for the most part, the game plan is done and it's the team meals and the bonding time and the traveling and the sitting around and having the the chicken and the steak and talking about non-football things and really building relationships with your players, not talking about football and all that was taken away. Every meal there was, you were sitting 12 feet apart. There was a plastic shield between you and who you're having dinner with. It was challenging. It was all very transactional. It was just the football with none of all the other intangible things that make a team a team. Yeah, I'm glad this year will be a little bit different. You guys start the season September 3rd versus Old Dominion. When you got to Wake Forest, what what were your expectations for 
the job you can do and the, the, the culture you could build. I think it's just like, I don't want to, you know, act like I'm sucking up to you coach. Cause you're on the podcast, but like what you've built there at a really traditionally tough place to win. And then the fact that you stayed when you could have left a few different times, I think it's, it's pretty remarkable. And one of the reasons we wanted to have you on was just to kind of shed some light on, on wake forest, but how'd you do it? And I would imagine like you're an advocate for it. It takes a few years for coaches to do what they need to do at the program. And, and you're probably not a fan of the, the, uh, the short leash that happens throughout the rest of college football. Well, every program is different. Every school is different. I think there's certainly schools that there can, you can do a rebuild in a shorter time period. I was certainly encouraged by what Jim Grobe did, did here in 06 to 08. I mean, that was quietly one of the best coaching jobs I think that's ever been done in college football. And Jim had an amazing run here and, and that gave me confidence that we could win. But a lot of it at Wake is recruiting people that fit the school. We are not very concerned with recruiting rankings. We have to trust our evaluations and the evaluation goes beyond just, are they a good football player? Uh, they have to be an academic fit for our school. This is not an easy school. You have to go to class. You have to do your work. You have to be committed to graduating. And the other part of it is we are the smallest power five from an enrollment standpoint. And so just recruiting players of high character that fit the school and fit the campus because the people who don't have good character stick out like sore thumbs here pretty quickly. And, and trying to build it in a way that the administration and the fan base and the alumni base and the community would be supportive of. And then what happened is as we started winning, the investment the school and our donors made into football was incredible. I mean, I haven't seen any in every indoor in the country, but we have a, a building here called the McCreary Fieldhouse, and it's probably as nice of indoor as anywhere in the country. And so once we, we started winning, then there was a greater investment in our program that allows us to sustain it. So uh, we have our model. We try to recruit players that fit the school athletically, academically, character-wise. And once we find those guys, we do everything we can to keep them here. And then the key to our success is player development. And we've had 27 players sign NFL contracts the last three and a half years. So we have good players and it's been fun. And you get to recruit and coach great kids. Yeah. And I think the the job you do developing and the, the fact that it's like a, you know, you're cycling up and, and by the time you have a, a mostly upperclassmen roster is when you're at your best that, you know, the super senior stuff really helps you guys this year. And we'll talk about that in a second. You said something interesting about recruiting. I was going to ask you, like, obviously this is, you know, 24 seven sports and recruiting rankings and, and, you know, whatever at programs like, like the one you're at, like, you know, high academic standards and, and small enrollment. You said, you don't really look at the recruiting rankings. I don't blame you. Is there something that you think that like the industry could do a better job of, of like appreciating those, those low threes who are smart kids and good kids. And like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, how could, how could we be more accurately reflective of, of the evaluation that y'all are doing? Well, you know, it's, it's hard. I mean, there's so many good high school football players. And I think when you're evaluating the five and the four-star players, I think the industry does a great job with those guys, but the range of what a three-star is, we've signed two stars here that have become NFL players. And, you know, we're not offering that player unless we saw something that we think will allow them to be successful in the ACC. I mean, it's, you know, it's ironic, but we've probably had more two stars develop in NFL players than the four stars. You know, Greg Dorch, I think was a two star. Jesse Bates was a two star. Those guys are with the Cincinnati Bengals and the Atlanta Falcons. And I just think, for your organization, there's just so many three stars 
it's hard to be real thorough with them. You know, the, the Trevor Lawrence's and the Travis Etienne's and those level of players. I mean, you guys dissect them and know them so well. It's just hard with the volume of three-star guys. And so our evaluation goes beyond the measurables of, of what's the 40 and what's the bench. It's really do what they fit our school and do they love football? Because if they fit our school, they're going to stay. And if they love football, we're going to get their very best from a development standpoint. And, and that's where we have to trust our process. You know, when you're Alabama and Clemson and in Texas, you know, th- those four-star and five-star guys are easy to identify. When you're at Wake Forest and a lot of your recruits are going to be the three stars, what are their distinguishing characteristics that are going to allow them and us to be successful? And that's where we have to do a great job because we're never going to get that validation from an outside source. So we have to be very confident in our evaluation process and our recruiting decisions. If I'm a coach on your staff and I've got a player I love and he gets you know ranked as a two-star, I'm like, I'm feeling chip on my shoulder. I'm feeling something to prove. I'm going to develop this kid into an NFL guy. I love, I love that you said that. So, so your team this year, you, you return a ton. You've got a good quarterback coming back. You've got two receivers coming back who like need to be getting a lot more attention. Um, and green and Jakari Robertson, your offense is, is going to be really good defense. You know, I'm reading on the preseason coverage coach. It's, you know, a, a work in progress as you build up to, to that September 3rd game versus old dominion, Florida state opening the conference and week three, how do you feel that your team's ready? And, and where are you right now? We feel really good. We had 12 guys last year that were in their last year of eligibility. Uh, one was a second round draft pick. Another was a, a free agent kicker who's trying the NFL. And the third transferred. Nine of the 12 chose to came back, come back here for a fifth, sixth, and in one case, a seventh year. And so there's, seven, there's nine additional players that we have that are, are really some of our best players. So one of our challenges here a lot of times is just depth. Uh, we're still a program that red shirts over half our freshmen. And uh, to have those nine extra players. And so really, we returned 21 of 22 starters on offense and defense. Uh, a kicker, Nick Skiba, that I think is as good as anybody in the country. And Ivan Mora, who's a really good punter. And our starting long snapper. So we have a lot of experience, a lot of guys that have, have played considerable amount of football for us. And those are traditionally when we have our best teams is when we're older and experienced. Now we have a, a tough schedule and the ACC, I think, is a, a very underrated conference. And so it's going to come down to the same old things. Can we stay healthy? Can we win close games? Do we take care of the football? But if we can do those things, we give our cha- ourselves a chance, to, I think, to have a, a very good year this year. So I'm excited about our team. I think after COVID, they're, they're just so excited to be able to have somewhat of a normal preseason and hopefully a normal season that the stands are filled. So we're looking forward to it, and, and we feel really good about where we are. And at the same time, there's still a lot of work to do between now and the first game. My last question to you is, is almost more of a fact check. I'm looking at Athlon's depth chart. They're listing Sam Hartman as a sophomore. It feels like he's been in college forever. I know you got that get back year, but I remember when he, when he was a true freshman starter and then you had the Jamie Newman year and, and Jamie leaves and it's Sam's job again. And Sam had a great year last year. I think, you know, a lot of people are remembering him by the, the bowl game. And I'm, I, I don't even know if he watched the tape on that or just flushed it down the toilet. Well, tell me about your quarterback. Yeah, he's a, uh, a fourth year 21, 22 year old sophomore. So he played as a true freshman in 18. We were able to redshirt him in 19. Last year didn't count. So eligibility wise, he's a sophomore, but he's a competitor. He's worked really hard. I remember when we had him in our camp 
between his freshman and sophomore year in high school, I think he weighed maybe 148 pounds, but he could throw the ball and he had leadership qualities and he just kept developing. And now he's 215 pounds. He loves football. He works at it. He has the respect of his teammates. You know, he threw one interception last year in eight games in three quarters and then had a, a really bad 15 play sequence, but he's a competitor. He'll get past it. And uh, it's certainly a great place to start when you return a quarterback of his caliber. Dave Clausen, we appreciate it, coach. Okay, thanks for having me on. We appreciate Wake Forest head coach Dave Clausen joining us. Best of luck to him this season. They start the season September 3rd against Old Dominion, then play Norfolk State, and then week three, Florida State. My goodness, that's going to be a good game. Don't sleep on it. My name is Trey Scott. Our producer is Lance Glenn. Have a great Thursday. We'll talk to you on Friday for the next edition of the College Football Daily.